Well, welcome to uh, episode four of me and old Angela Fitzgerald. Say hi, Ange. Hello. And here we are upstairs. It is cold up here in the church. Uh, We're all snuggled in with blankets. Still no green chair. Still no green chair. You ready for some green chairs? I need a green chair. I got two to bring you. A little bit deceptive saying it's my green chair and I'm sitting in a burgundy chair. Just saying. Me too. So today, we are going to talk about um, some issues that affect everybody. Um, We are so thankful for the response that we've had from the first three episodes of My Green Chair. And y'all, I tell you what, if you want to do a a podcast, Anchor is the best platform to be on. Um, They will put your stuff on different um, outlets and they, it's an easy format, y'all. So if, if I can do this, uh, come on, anybody can do this. Um, so if you want more information about that, just look up the Anchor app on your phone if you have an iPhone. Um, but how cool is it that there's a, uh, app out there that lets us do this? And, uh, I, you know, the response that we've gotten has been crazy wonderful. And people say, I get my best cup of coffee and I wait till everybody goes to bed and I click on these podcasts and I just love it, Jackie. And that just makes me so happy um, in this world of COVID and weather and, uh, you know, the 27 plagues. Uh, it's nice that we can still be together uh, over this um, platform. So for that, I'm so grateful. And I'm so glad that you're here with us again today. So Angela. Yes, Jackie. So a lot of people don't know that you and I go a little bit further back than just compassion. Yes, we go pretty far back. We go a long <laughs> way back without telling our age, uh, of which you are older. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hold up! <laughs> was it four months? I'm four months. It's older. still your mama was in labor before my mama, so this that makes true. you older. So uh, we go back to Averett College. Yes, when uh, Averett was a college and not a university, not a colony, but a college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and we were commuters. Mm-hmm. We didn't live on campus. We no. went home every night. One of us was married. That was you. That was me. And one of us was not. That was me. Uh, Oh, geez. When did you get married? Uh, My, my June, my June, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got married in between sophomore and junior year. I got, I got married in between my junior and senior year. Because when I graduated, I graduated with Allie. She was pregnant. She was present at the graduation. Okay. She, well, she was. Yeah. So I got married in June, and then I had her the following November. So I must have gone through my whole senior year. Yeah, I did. Whole senior year with her in my belly. Oh, get wow. in my belly. Wow. Yeah, because she walked across the platform with me to get my diploma was that a waddle or was that a uh, no thank you thank you no it was not uh no <laughs> i graduated in what may and she was born in november okay. so yeah i was a december graduate so oh geez would not recommend that form of if you're listening out there ladies um finish your degrees finish your degrees live on your own get your wardrobe do some traveling don't do yeah. as I say, not as I do. Okay. So, so anyway, but having said that, so grateful for Allie and that whole time. But anyway, um, so, so you're a little prankster. 
Everybody thinks you're so meek and mild, but you're not. <laughs> so, so we're doing this. <laughs> you sneak attack people and you're terrible. So all of you that think that Angela Fitzgerald is this fragile <laughs> wallflower, you're wrong. You are so wrong. She she is ruthless and she's a prankster and she will stab you in the back and, and watch you bleed in a good way. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. But in a good way. She's like a Sour Patch Kid. You know those commercials where they dump stuff on you and then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's Angela G. Fitzgerald. That's what she does. But she makes life interesting and she's fun. And she's probably, uh, you know, in this world of, of women backstabbing each other and because, you know, we're notorious for doing that. Um, she is true and loyal and just the best of friends and uh you know you ever meet those women and you're just sure that you were supposed to be born with her like you don't have a sister like when i get to heaven i'm gonna be like you know what gee i think i think maybe you you probably messed up giving her a neck because she was really supposed to be with me but um anyway i love her i love her so but we couldn't be more opposite Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't have a best friend that's the same as you because that would be boring. It would be so boring. So it wasn't until I met you the second time around mm-hmm. that uh, we started having conversations that made me think and slow down and digress and take stock. And I'm thankful for that. So I think everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an Angela that makes them sit down for a minute say in a green chair, because that's what happened, and uh, just breathe for a minute. Yeah, we talked to, um, I guess it was the one, the podcast we did with Christy about yeah. going from, a, you know, when you're when you're Martha's by nature. There's nothing wrong with Martha's. No, nothing Martha's wrong. are fantastic. Martha's I mean, we make the world go round. I'm a Martha too, but sometimes you've got to slow down and take some time to just be and be with Mary or, you know, just be a Mary. Yep. But, but, and I love my mama. Mama is the best. But, but your tail was going from the time you got up to the time you went, take a nap. You said what? Oh, <laughs> or sleep in on a Saturday morning. Just like on uh, Hope Floats, here she comes with that vacuum, vacuum cleaner. vacuum cleaner going yeah. down the hallway, coming <laughs> into my door. No, yes. I, let me sleep. Leave me alone, loser. Yeah, my mother, my mother was the the same way. Oh gosh, my so sister. so so tell me this, Ange. Yes. When did you realize it's okay to slow down? When this whole deal of personal, not personal care, but what do you call it? Well, self care. Self care. Yeah. When when did that become important in your life? That's a that's a great question. I'm not exactly. I'm so glad I ask it. I am too, <laughs> but I'm not really sure because um, for so long I didn't know how to do that, and I was so busy taking care of everybody else. Oh yeah, and, preach it, girl. Um, you know, I'll never forget. You know, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. But I was just thinking about the fact that you know when when you have small children. What were you gonna say? No, I was just thinking about, we were talking earlier about. <laughs> Don't you say you're not going to go there on this podcast. <laughs> do not do that. No, I just remember it's like, you know, Ed, Ed <laughs> had surgery on one of his shoulders. It was his right shoulder. 
He had a re retraction of the clavicle on his right shoulder. And I told him, I said, you have got to figure out how to wipe your own butt. Because <laughs> I'm wiping everybody else's butts in this house. And I can't do yours, too. I'm Just, not doing it. I'm that not. was not in the vows. <laughs> no. For better, for worse. But I'm not wiping your tail. I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's, you know, I think growing up where I watched my mother, you know, my dad was, was just a phenomenal man. He took care of our family so We're both daddy's well. girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being asked after my dad died, um, were you a daddy's girl? And I didn't think I was, but I think my sister and I both mm -hmm. were super tight with our dad. Yeah, nobody had to ask me. It was pretty, it was pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> But I, I just, dad was a workaholic. Mm. And so mom managed the house. Yeah. And the family. That's what mom did. everything else. Yeah. And so she didn't, I don't think she knew how to slow down. Yeah. So that was the example that was set for me. Hey, shout out to all you uh, women that stay at home. Uh, yeah. You better not never say, I just no. work at home to me. Because that is hard work. Uh, I believe I'd rather do 12 hours of manual labor than you're a you're a banker, you're a nutritionist, you're, you're a, a nurse, you're a nurse, you are a house. I mean, you are a woman that wears a whole lot of hats when you stay at home with um, family and children. And oh my gosh, so my hat is off to y'all. Yep. Never say I'm just a stay at home anything in yeah. front of me because your teeth are going down your throat. I don't know how people do it. Oh, and I, I don't was, know how they do it. I was that mom, you know, that, you know, going to class reunions or whatever, and people would ask, well, what do you do? I'm like, I have, you know, small children, and yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mom who never stays at home. We were on the go yep. all the time. Yep. I think I got to the point where I was resenting my husband oh, um, yeah. because he took care of himself. Yeah. He gave himself, you know, time to decompress, gave himself time. Yeah. And I was, I, I resented him for that. Yeah. And I confronted him about that, you know, and he said, call a babysitter. But that means defeat. That right? means I'm weak and I can't handle it. Oh, it would drive me crazy. Yeah. But, but it was amazing how, how much it helped me when yeah. I would get that babysitter and even though I went grocery shopping, I was going grocery shopping by myself. My <laughs> yes. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. <laughs> it, was, it was such a blessing to me to be able to just go to the grocery store or to go buy clothes without pushing a stroller in. You can buy groceries dress. that nobody else knows about, and then you can hide it in the cabinet. That's what my mom used to do. Hide the good stuff in See? the cabinet. And then when I would go to bed, she would crinkle that paper. I'd be like, Mom, what you got in there? My dad had a stash downstairs. She of said, Go Oreos to sleep, Jocelyn. <laughs> Fritos, all the good stuff. Was Take them during kids to the grocery store. They know everything before you get it home. Yep. Whatever. Yep. I'm not salty about that at Oatmeal all. Oatmeal cream pies. Oh, oh. Swiss roll cakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we peel the chocolate off the outside. You got to eat that just... first. You have yes. to. Then yes. you can go to the middle. <laughs> yes. Yep. But it is a joy to go to the grocery store by yourself. I never thought I'd say that. But at 50, oh. if nobody's calling my name, uh, right? I remember looking at one of my kids and going, you, say mom one more time. You know what my mama told me one time? I've changed my name. <laughs> my name is not mom today. And when you can figure out what it is, I'll answer you. Oh, 
That's wicked. I probably need to go into therapy for that. I said, listen, Frida, Paula, Tiffany. Weezer. Weezer. <laughs> we just landed on Weezer. That's a terrible thing. But I, you know what I said to my kids one day? What? Listen, I've changed my name. And when you figure it out. You do that. We, and we repeat what we know. Yes. And when that example has been set for us. Yeah. Of the, don't you love all the things you say you're never going to say? Yes. But no, I, when I, when I get it. older and I have kids, I am never going to say, because I said so. That's why. Oh, my. Eddie will <laughs> fight me. What do you mean? Because I said so. That's not a reason. It's like, No. It's the perfect reason. I am your mama. As long as you are living <laughs> under my roof. As oh, long geez. as I am paying for your whatever. Yes, yes. As long as I am responsible for you, yeah. that's the answer you get. That's exactly right. It's because I said so. Yes. <laughs> you need no other reason other than that one. Yeah. So when we first started talking about this self-care thing, you were like, Jackie, you just yeah. need a break. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like You did not know how to take a break. Listen, when the kids were growing up, I would go to the bathroom and Allie would slide notes under the door. <laughs> like, I know you're in there. And I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> and I've told you, less do, more be. Can you just be still for a minute? No. And you don't know how to do that. Even in church, when Jeff says, can you close your eyes for just a minute? He knows that makes me sick. Oh, and I'm in the back row. You're in the front row. I'm in the back row just giggling. Knowing that you are falling apart up there. Come on, Jeff. Let's it. get on with it. What you got to say? What you got to say? But it's in those moments that I find Jesus. Yep. If I will shut up and sit down long enough yep. and try so hard to turn off everything, it's almost like he taps on my shoulder. Hey, champ, where you been? I'm like, oh. Yes. It's yep. crazy. But yep. I, you, you have been instrumental and making me slow down enough to, quite frankly, deal with some stuff. Yeah. You know, if you keep going, you don't have to think about some stuff. Well, and I think that's, you know, back to your original question. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where it wasn't until I dealt with my stuff that I was able to take the time to be still and just be me and not have to think about... So let's talk about that. Okay. When, when, what happened to make you slow down enough to worry about you? Um, so my husband is a recovering addict. Bless him, Lord. And um, they're warriors. They you hear are me? warriors. He, I can't find my keys. He he celebrated 16 years Golly. on Groundhog Day of all days. Um, of sobriety. And so he, um, 16 years ago, made a choice to get well. Every day of his life, he makes that choice. Every morning he wakes up. And that's what I'm talking about. I can't even to... find my keys. That's, that's the worst thing I have to do all day long. And every day people in recovery get up and say, not today. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to my old self today. Well, and that's, oh, they just, they're my heroes, 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 heroes. Yeah. And there's so many different things that you can recover from. And Absolutely. Bottom line is, um, and I realized this after he got sober was that, um, through the process of him being sick, I got sick too. 
you always, it's so easy to say to someone else, you need help. Yeah. And then they get better. And one day you turn around and you're like, dang. I'm still sick. I'm that's still what, sick. That's yeah. what happened with me was um, he, he worked on him. He met Jesus. I stopped enabling him. He, he made a choice to get the help he needed to, yeah. to recover. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and I mean, it's been the best thing in the world, but it, as soon as he started working on him and developed this amazing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I think him and Jesus wake up together, oh. and they walk together, and they talk together. And he sings that song. Yeah, <laughs> and he does. there's not a minute that goes by that that man is not living, breathing Jesus. Even in the worst of his arthritis pain right yeah. now, he and Jesus are lighting things up. Yeah. Which is so cool. But it I wanted it was so bizarre because I'm like, okay, for so long I judged him. For so long I enabled him. For so long I was trying to cover up what was going on in our home and through that codependent crazy season of mine I became sick so for somebody who doesn't know because before I met you I didn't know what codependent was what is that well it depends on who you ask quite honestly it depends on who you ask so I'm asking Angela G Fitzgerald Angela G Fitzgerald codependents tend to be very loyal yeah but and they will throw themselves under the bus um before they'll let somebody else take the fall yeah. for, you know, what they're doing. Yeah. And um, a lot of times a codependent will um, not let somebody else that they care about, they care more about the person than they care about. Okay. How do I, how do I say this? We'll delete that section. But <laughs> th- what I'm thinking is I care more about your struggle than you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to fix, I'm going to try to cover up, I'm going to try to keep you from encountering the pain and the consequences of what you are doing. Yeah. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens when you try to save somebody is it keeps them from experiencing the pain it takes. The rock bottom. For them to reach their hand out to Jesus. (sighs) So you're kind of in the way. Yes, if you're enabling somebody, yeah. if you're protecting somebody from the consequences of their choices, yeah. you're keeping them. It's like, you know, when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, yep. that's when change occurs. Yep. And if we keep intervening and helping and assisting. But you and think enabling, you're helping. You think that you're saving yes. them. You think that you are doing them a favor, but you're not. You are so not. You are so not. And so how dare I keep somebody that I love from hitting bottom so that they then have to reach out for the hand of Jesus. It is a heavy load to be a codependent person. Hello. Yes, it is. It it is crazy expectations on you. Well, and it's... And you put yourself in that position. That's the dumb part. And you feel like, you know, and here's, here's the struggle, is that you feel like, I love this person... They need me. Oh, How geez. dare I not help this person I love? Mm-mm. And I mean, I've I've told people I love before. It's like, okay, you're making choices that are not healthy. Yeah. If you end up 
in jail. If you, you know, I'll come visit you, but I'm not going to bail you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's just a real, I love you enough to let you hit bottom. Oh gosh. I'll, I'll and that's a labor you. of love too, yes, man. I mean, I'll you've got to, I'll sit with you. I will pray for you. I yeah. will love you through this, but I'm not going to enable you. I'm not going to rescue you. Alexandra was doing, um, like 90 miles an hour in my mama's little nanny mobile that just flipped to a hundred thousand miles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joker was flying through tight squeeze, gets lit up by the policeman. She comes to, uh, she comes home and says, mom, I got a ticket. And I said, what you going to do about it? Exactly. And she said, what you mean? What am I going to do about it? And I said, how are you going to pay for it? Now we got to go to court because when I tell you she was flying through tight squeeze, she was flying through through tight squeeze. And so she came home, she went to school and she came home one day and she said, my friends said that I can get a lawyer. I said, what you going to get a lawyer with? Well, what I mean by that is you can get a lawyer and we can fight this and they'll knock it down to whatever and i said i'm not doing that no were you going 90 miles an hour through tight squeeze yes i was then guess what when you get to court i'll be right behind you i'll stand there i will take it with you but you did it yeah and i'm not going she cussed me one end to the other (laughs) but she i mean but the i'm telling you like two weeks later she got a speeding ticket she was going like four over Oh, no. And she started crying, and she said, I cannot possibly go home and tell my mama that I... Four over. Yeah. Four over. Yeah. It's a ticket for four over. But because she had taken the heat for the bigger one, right? It matters. When she came home, I just started laughing. I said, Al, you've got to slow down. You have to. Now, and I'll tell you this, too. She worked at Old Navy. She would just give me her paycheck and say, pay my insurance. And I took it. I was a single mama. Yeah, you you have to learn the consequences, right? That's it. Golly, that that's it. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. I have heard you minister to women at church here, and you say, "When are you going to get out of the way so Jesus can do what only He can do?" Yeah, yeah. And that I... feels like a slap in the face to the people that you're talking to, but it is the coolest thing to watch their face go. What? what? Yes. Oh my gosh! You know when if you've ever done step work, which I know you you and I have no, done done it multiple that. times together. The mm-hmm. you know step one, it's realize I'm not God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I saw that for the first time, I'm like, duh! I know I'm not God. You have to tell me I'm not God, right? <laughs> right? I know I'm not God, but then it's like, oh crap! I've been <laughs> I've been wanting to be the person yeah. that you know people need yeah i've wanted to be for my children i've wanted to be Mm -hmm. and for my husband too it's like if i'm rescuing him you owe me you be nice to me (laughs) but then i become be grateful i'm trying to elevate myself above god yeah how can God do God's business if yeah. I keep getting in the way? <laughs> I saw you say that to one of our close friends, and it was like you hit her in the face. And I didn't think she heard me. But she did. But she did. She did. But she did. And she's still a work in progress. We all are. We but, all are. But I bet that rings in her ear a lot. Mm-hmm. I bet it does. And you were the first person that brought up Celebrate Recovery. 
uh, a whole group of you came to our church and y'all had done Celebrate Recovery at another location. Mm-hmm. And Jeff said to me, we need to do that. And I was like, whatever. Because <laughs> I'm very receptive to new ideas. No, you're not. I'm not. And so he said, we need to do this. And I was like, whatever. So I got the books. And quite honestly, about 20 minutes before we were supposed to be at church, if I'm honest with you, while that guy was up there singing worship music, I was filling out my stuff. And... <laughs> Given very surface answers and uh, not taking it seriously at all. Yeah. At all. And so we would go into that room. That was what, step study? Is that what that yeah, was? Yeah, that was step study. And you would ask questions and you would go around the room and I was like, yeah, what she said. That's exactly what I have written down. And it wasn't. Or I didn't have anything and, and you, you know pass. me well. Well, <laughs> I would either pass or I would try to say, my answer is, and I would give you some roundabout thing. And you were like, you, you didn't even... You didn't do it. No. So. No. Yeah. And so I was making fun of other people's answers. I was like, that's not right. That's (laughs) certainly not the case. So I didn't get much out of it. If I'm, if I'm honest. Right. And you know, it's true. Well, that's why. I was so mad that somebody made me do this step study. You can't make somebody want recovery. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be ready for it. And I, I saw, you know what recovery did for Ed. I saw yeah. what... He was ready. He was ready. Yeah. So when when we had that conversation before he got help, yeah. he was ready. Yeah. You know, God's timing in that situation was perfect. Yeah. He was ready. I was done doing this dance that we had been doing for years. Wearing the mask. Wearing the mask. Yeah. Doing the dance. It'll wear you out. And... You, you were know, tired. Dude, when that music would play, I was dancing. You know, yeah. it was familiar. <laughs> yeah. It was familiar, but it just... He got... He got well. He worked on his junk that he had been carrying with him... Yeah. ...for years. Yeah. And here I sat thinking, well, it's about time you you got yourself straight. It's so easy to do that. It and is all so of a sudden, easy. I'm realizing, like, oh my gosh, I'm still sick. It wasn't all him. I wanted to point at him and say it was all him. If only he, if only he got well, if yeah. only he dealt with his stuff, yeah. then we as a family could move forward. And then I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm. I'm still a mess. You spot it, you got it. Yes, and that's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. But we, yeah, it was amazing what happened when I started working on me. Yeah. When I started recognizing the pattern from childhood even. Yeah. Of codependent behavior. Yeah. Um, I went to a family family group um, at the facility where Ed got help. And they told, they told, they dared to tell me that I had, I probably had a history of um, alcoholism and addiction in my family. And I'll never forget calling my mom saying they dared to tell me that, you know, there's a pattern here, a history that has brought you to this point. And she said, well, of course there is. You have alcoholism in both sides of your family you know, dad's family this, mom's family this, you know, all of these people who have struggled with addiction on some level. And so you were comfortable yeah. in something you knew. Yep. Yep. And so my my father was, my mom and dad both knew codependency well. And wow. they, they didn't know the name codependency. Yeah. But that's what I grew up with. 
So it was easy to fall into that. Oh, it was what I knew. That's amazing. But I had I I had to work on me and I had to deal with my stuff and And so because you've done that, that has now become a passion of yours. Yes. And yeah. you're like the Dalai Lama of <laughs> Compassion Danville. Very mm-hmm. Zen like. My Angela is very Zen like. And you have the ability to you have no nonverbals. You have no facial expressions that would put anybody off. I wish I could do that. I mean, I do not play poker at all. You keep things very close to you, and uh, you are very non-judgmental, and you you have a way of well. Let's talk about that. So, <clears throat> the second time around, uh, one of our friends, I told Jeff I was never ever going to do that again, and he told me I was, and because <laughs> I didn't get anything out of it the first time, and one of our friends who we love so so much. Yeah. needed you to do that with her yeah. and you said what to me <laughs> you jerk hole I, what I said to you was I'd be happy to do that but you have to do it again I was like yeah. Ange maybe you could take her through that that would be so sweet of you to do that I'd and, be happy to but you have to do it too and I was like no this is not about me this is about her <laughs> and she you would not <laughs> let me off the hook and I was mad at you but I did it I did it, and I only did it the second time because I couldn't hide in the group. You know, the first time it was a big group. The second yeah. time it was three of us, and I thought, well, heck, if I don't do my homework, I mean, and and the friend that we did it with had a whole other set of issues that I didn't, so it wasn't like I could say, yeah, what, what she, she said, <laughs> right? So I had to do it for myself. I was mad as fire. Oh, you were. And I was not pleasant. But you did the work. <laughs> Did. You did the work, I whether you were pleasant did. or not. You did the work that it took to get yeah. you, yeah, so know, yeah, to the next level of. So then you start. Um, I hate this example that you always say, peeling back the onion. <laughs> so we started peeling back the onion, and there's a thing called fifth step yes. and celebrate recovery. I canceled on you 1.2 million times. Yes, you did. And finally, Jeff said, quit jerking her around and just do it. Jeff, the star pupil, had done his with Ed and had gotten that all over. They were like the bro code. They had a secret handshake, whatever. And then it was my turn to do mine. And I went into it willingly. Yeah. No. (laughs) I said yes, and I'm like, no. No, you did not, actually. That's a lie. So I think it was, was it a Sunday afternoon? Oh, I don't even remember. I think it was. I think so, because I I was mad all through church. (laughs) And finally, because you had plans with Victoria, we were supposed to meet, and you said, she's canceled on me so many times, Victoria, I am sure that she won't show up. And I called you and said, okay, I'm on the way. And you had to call Victoria and say, she's finally going to do it. That's right. So I jump in my car, and I'm almost on empty. And I thought, good, I hope I run out of gas. I hope I run out of gas between here and Gretna. That'll prove it to you. Ha ha, I'll show you. And then my tire pressure came on, and I thought, I hope the thing blows. I hope all four tires spontaneously combust. That's what I hope. Yep. And so so I'm going down the road, and I'm like, I don't even know where she lives. And so you were like, here's the address. I was like, whatever. And so I found your house, and sweet Ed Fitzgerald was outside. Cheering you on. Yeah, waving at the top of the driveway. Oh, Jackie. And I gave him a hand signal to let him know he was number one in my book. (laughs) 
You may know Rude. it. Yeah. <laughs> you may know You're it. so angry. You were so angry. I don't know that I've ever seen you so and angry. And I pulled up and there you sat with your mini horse, Bubby. And I said, get in the car. I need to go get gas and my tire's about to explode. And you say, <laughs> And I said, just get in the car, Angela. And so I said, I don't know if you people in Gretna have anywhere to get gas or a tire gauge or whatever it is, but we got to go. And you just laughed, your little Dalai Lama laugh. <clears throat> and I remember getting outside and I was so wound up and so mad and I was pumping gas and before that ended, you said, hey, can I tell you about a conversation I had earlier today? And I said, I don't care, because I was mad. And it was the very thing, because explain a fifth step to those who don't know. So first you do, you know, first, you do the first, second, and third step, which is realize I'm not God. Um, it's. I can't. I can't do it myself. Number two is he can. Yeah. And number three is I'll let him. Yeah. So then, you know, you come to the realization that there's a God who loves you. And yep. um, he has the ability to help you in this recovery. And then mm. you realize, okay, I need to move forward and figure, it out, figure out what it is that got me in the ditch yeah. in the first place. And sure. so you go through the, a fourth step. Which list? You just inventory. Sit down, you do your inventory. Blech. Yeah, and you you just you just write everything. You you write your life story, but then you have to, in your fifth step, share it with somebody. I said, "Why well, gotta tell you? <laughs> why do I have to tell you? If God already knows, why do I have to tell you? Because it's biblical, Jackie. Yeah." <laughs> 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 but it does. It helps you yeah. to speak it to somebody who is safe to help you with the recovery process to make yeah. it. It makes it real, I think, when you write it down. And it yeah. makes it even more real to share it with somebody who's not going to judge your story. Yeah. Well, you pointed out that it's biblical to confess your sins to other people. Mm -hmm. And also those things that you are stuffing in the dark, praying to God, nobody knows. Once they're brought to light, they no longer have power over you. Yep. They know they just don't. So um, you said, here's a conversation that I had earlier today. And I was like, what did you say? Oh, you, you glared at me for the longest time. Like I had been reading your mail and I'm like, I have no access to your mail. So, so I finished putting gas in my car. <laughs> And you said, let's go to Jack's. And I said, I don't care. And we went to Jack's, which, by the way, is a fabulous hamburger, cheeseburger, shake place in Gretna. And we, it's like a drive-in. And there were people, it was a beautiful day. It was. Beautiful day. And there must have been a million people sitting outside eating their lunch. <clears throat> and it was dinner time. It's yes, dinner time. It and was. you walk up to the window and you have to announce your order to everybody. And like everybody can hear you, right? Yep. They judge you if you put pickles on your your cheeseburger. So the I'll call her Flo because that's what I think of her as. And Flo said from the other side of the window, Can I help y'all? And you said, Yes. 
<laughs> we would like, and I said, hey, Angela, we're not going to be friends after I do this fifth step. And you said, we both want cheeseburgers. What do you want on yours? And I said, you're going to leave the church when I tell you some of the stuff that I've done in my lifetime. And you said, you want fries? And I said, hey, Angela. And I blurted out the very thing that I never told anybody. And it was like those... um those insurance commercials where somebody says something and everybody turns around and looks, they all stopped eating their French fries <laughs> and they looked at me and I was like, Hey y'all. <laughs> and Flo from the other side of the window said, y'all want Cokes or what else can I get y'all? And I was like, Oh my Lord. And you turned around and said, is that all you got? Yeah. And I said, did you, did you hear what I said to all of Gretna? And you said, yeah, is that all you got? Like, seriously, you think that's going to keep the father from loving you? And I went, yeah, I do. And you said, you are sadly mistaken. Do you want ketchup? And I said, no, I do not. And we got back in the car and we drove back to your house and I just threw up all over you. And I told you, Things that I didn't even knew bothered me. Right. And right. the really important stuff really wasn't that important. Yep. And it was crazy. And couldn't get you there, but then I couldn't get you to leave. <laughs> you. <laughs> and one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> like you didn't, well, you hugged me and then didn't, like you didn't want to leave. Well, I felt 20 pounds lighter and yeah. 10 years, you know, younger. And, and it was crazy. And then... And then, like two weeks later, when we were talking, <laughs> don't laugh, you nasty woman. Two weeks later, I said, we were talking to some, one of our friends, and I said, you know how I feel, Ange. But remember I said that? And you said, said what? And I said, are you kidding me? We were in your living room. You had on a red sweater and those jeans with a hole in it. And I told you this. And you said, did you say that? And I said, Angela. <laughs> What do you mean did I say that? And you said, that's not mine to carry, Jackie. I listened to you, and I gave it to God, and I haven't thought about it since then. And I thought, what a fantastic gift. Yeah. So so it must be wonderful to do that with other people. I think one of my favorite things is seeing people be freed from their past from the the burdens that they they carry into today to be to no longer be controlled by their secrets. You're just so scared somebody's going to find out. Absolutely. What you said, what you did, what you co-signed, Absolutely. what you and then when you say, you know, you feel like a unicorn. I felt like Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I felt like the last of the tie-dyed purple, you know, <laughs> unicorns going right. into this. And I came back out thinking, I'm just like everybody else. You are. Everybody is. It's crazy. It is. I remember the first time I ever went to a recovery meeting. I thought, you know, you you think about what people are going to look like. You you think about how people are going to judge you. Yep. Based on what your story is yep. or what you're feeling. I was I was a crazy hot mess. <laughs> first time I stepped in and bless those people who were in that room, they just looked at me and they were just so sweetly smiling and then they started sharing their stories. You think you too? 
And that's it. You feel you yeah. do. You feel like a unicorn. And I've talked before about the magic yeah. words that, you know, it's like me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And you realize that you're not alone. And that, that takes the stigma away and it takes the oh. burden away. And God can't possibly love me. Yeah. I've done too much. I've said too much. And you realize the day he was hanging on that cross, he already knew it. He already knew. He That, that blood that he shed paid for every bit of what he knew we were going to do. So That's we're crazy. righteous, we're redeemed. We, you know, if we if we know the Father, it's no surprise to him what we do. No, he knows what we're going to do tomorrow, or two minutes from now. Oh gosh, he knows our thoughts. He knows just that whole process freed me up, and it gave me grace. Like I was a mad white woman. You understand what I'm saying? I know. I remember that girl. Holy <laughs> moly. Because I was so burdened myself. I couldn't possibly give you grace that you needed because I didn't even give it to myself. You know, yeah. I, we are our toughest critics. Oh, I still struggle the most with forgiving myself when I screw up. But you forgive everybody. Oh, absolutely. Now I'm trying to do that as well, thinking, I remember that day in her living room, and I was so sure that we were never going to be friends again, and that she was going to put a nasty post on Facebook talking about some don't go to compassion because Jackie Lynch, ABC, right, is human. You forget, you know, we forget that we're human. We, we, We think that we're supposed to be these holy, righteous, perfect people, and if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. But disciples are just some jacked up people that are just trying oh, to do the my, best they can. Yes. And <laughs> Lord, the have more mercy. I learn about the disciples, I'm like, oh, I could have been one of those. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love to read about the disciples and think, y'all didn't get it then? Like you didn't even get it? And, and you s- fell asleep. I mean, they're th- and sitting in your living room. Your dog was judging me. Your dog was like. <laughs> he was. He, he was. was. Golly. Another one of our friends went to your house and they said, oh, Bubby just snuggled right. Bubby was like, please, you are too much. Let me out of here. Oh, Bubby was just like, let me get as close (laughs) to her as possible. Bubby didn't come anywhere near me. No, because we were in spaces that he was like, what are we all doing in there? (laughs) (laughs) If you could just let me outside. That's why I need to go is outside. This girl is crazy. (laughs) And then he was outside and looking in going, I don't know. Don't it was know. almost like he was sucking his. You know, you go. Yeah, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went home and Jeff said, "How cool. did it go?" I was like, "I can't even talk to you about this. Like, I can't." So, what song was playing when you drove home? Uh, it's a Brandon Heath song. Uh, oh, I have to look it up. It was a Brandon Heath song. New Heart. My whole heart. Whole heart. Whole heart. And I remember picking up the phone saying, have you ever heard this song, Whole Heart? Now I can love you with my whole heart. Yeah. My whole heart. My whole heart. Because you had unloaded oh, man. all of that stuff. Well, when you get rid of all the crap, then Jesus is like, now you're available. Now you're open. Now yep. you are empty and I can fill you up with good stuff. Yep. But I'll tell you what the most surprising thing to me was. I could list everything I ever did wrong for days. For days. And what was the biggest challenge I gave you? 
list the things that you've done right. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And it was because I had gone through all of the Celebrate Recovery stuff that I was like, God, I can't take credit for any of this. That's all you. Now, before Celebrate Recovery, I'd be like, I did that. I did that. You know I did that. I started that. That's mine. You know, like Shiloh, going to be two in May. That's mine. This is mine. That over there is mine. (laughs) Give me that. That's mine. Going through Celebrate Recovery, I'm like, dude, it's all you. Yeah. I don't want to write down one good thing because, I mean, I mess it up all the time. If I do something right, dude, it is all about you. And you here's, know? here's the twisted thing that I I will never forget after Ed and I had gone through this season. God, the way God works is so cool because he allows us to go through these horrible, heavy things. Yeah. And he's there with us all the way. Yep. And then he uses us. Girl, you and come. Ed's ministry is one I have never seen anything like it. You are so independent of each other. But you're you're on this parallel roads with each other. Like like Ed goes to prison at Green Rock and you go to prison yeah. where women are. You know what I mean? Like they're not in physical prisons. But they're but they're in prison. They're in prison and it's okay. And it's it's I will never forget telling a woman before I even started doing celebrate recovery, I was like, I am so grateful for that valley. Because the mountaintop means more now. Golly, Ange. Because, you know, if I'd been on the mountaintop and hadn't been through the valley, I'd just You don't be, appreciate it. No. But boy, when you get on that mountaintop, you're like, you know you're going to be in the valley again. And, and I, you better believe it. It might be today. It might be 10 years from now. But I'm going to be in it again. Mm-hmm. And, and the beautiful thing is now I know I'm not alone. When I was in high school, uh, we went to summer camp. And I loved summer camp with Dad Cobb. No. Mom and Dad Cobb, and I loved it. It was it was my happy place, and I, and Friday night was just the pinnacle. You know, you did the campfire, and everybody yeah. just loved everybody. And I remember saying to Dad Cobb, "I just want to stay here," and he mm. said, "This is not where it's good, Jackie. It's yeah. when you can get back out there, when you can take this and get back out there and, and do what God told it. you to do." That's the good stuff. You can't keep this to yourself, right? You got to get out dare there. Us yeah, keep it to ourselves. Yep. How dare us not share and come alongside other people. If you have the key. Yes, I'm going to take you and give you the key and say, here it is. I can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. I'll walk alongside you. As Jesus walked alongside me, I'll walk alongside you and give you the key and show you where to, you know, where to go. But you got to do it yourself. Yep. It is painful. It is painful, but it's worth it. I could have pushed my car home from Gretna, though. (laughs) I could have pushed my car home from Gretna. And I thought, Satan, you just lost. He did. You just lost. And you can't tell me nothing now. Mm -mm. You can't. Some man going to tell me, not just man, but woman. (laughs) You know, some human going to say, who does Jackie think she is? Honey, I know who I am now. Yeah. I mean, ain't nothing you can say to me. You know, it's just all about him. And and even I have taken my eyes off me, and it's all about him. So, yeah. I, you know, that's when you say, everybody, get your eyes off me. Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. You know, I. it is crazy how it frees you up to be everything God. I think God created you to walk people through this process. I think so, too. It's there your calling. Times, there are times that I'm like, I, God, I don't know what you have for me. 
you know, have a degree in accounting from good old Averett College, but... Accounting and Celebrate Recovery, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But, <laughs> but what you may not know is that I started um, my academic journey as a psychology major. I didn't know that. I did not know that. And... At Averett? No, no, uh, no. At the other place. Yeah, and so... Wow. Um, psychology weirds me out, man. It does weird you it out. It does. When that guy, when Ed Averett, you were, were you in class with me when he said <laughs> that most people that have problems in life, it results from harsh toilet training. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what did you just no, say? No, I, I had already gotten He invited me not to come back to class. <laughs> I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of oh, in my life. Oh, gosh. I, what, what, what pushed me away from psychology <laughs> was when I took abnormal. Oh, no. Abnormal psychology. Mm-mm. And I I was looking more for, you know, working with children and doing, you yeah. know, therapy. And <laughs> Not Jeffrey Dahmer. No. 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 And I've, I, just, I just remember going through abnormal as a... Uh, first semester sophomore, I took accounting as an elective. Oh Lord! And I wouldn't have done that for anything. And my my um my professor held me after class in accounting one day and said, "Okay, so you're a natural at this. Have you considered making this your major?" And that that's how the- I know we are polar opposites. <laughs> I can't balance my checkbook, and I no, don't even. That's that's, and that was the same semester. I they had thrown me into an abnormal, like junior senior level class because that oh, was the no. only thing that they had available for me. And I said, "Thank you for putting me in that class. That assures me that that is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like I was going to no. get my my doctorate. I was no. going to no." Mm-mm. Psychology is kind of like those word problems, like if there's a blue truck and the wind (laughs) is blowing 35 miles an hour and there's a fish in the road, how long does it take that truck? (laughs) I'm like, just, I don't even, six, that's the answer, six, I don't know. It makes my head hurt, I don't know. But I tell you this, it made my head hurt to deal with me for a long time. Yeah. And then when somebody gave me permission to sit down and to go through that, you're like, my God, that really did affect me. And that's the root of the problem. Well, and you were, you felt safe. Yeah. That's a big word. Safe is a huge, because I don't think you felt safe. No. That first time we went through. No, um, there was steps, too many people in there. With, too many people. You did not feel safe. No. And you were able to be authentic. Yeah, I had to. Because it was yeah. only three of us. What was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. And that, you know, that's the funny oh. part. I was reading the questions. They would say, how have you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, it, me reading it, it was have you. And I was like, yeah, that's my answer. The answer is yes. And you said, Jackie, that's not the answer. And I was like, but it's my answer. You can't tell me it's wrong. And she said, reread the question. How have you? I was like, oh, crap. That's a whole nother. <laughs> Yes. I wasn't trying to get off easy. I just no. didn't read it right. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> if I tell Sometimes. the truth, I probably read it wrong on purpose. I don't know. Oh, but I did it too. I mean, it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you've done this 27,000 times and then you go, oh my gosh, I just, I did it too. It's interesting to me when you take people through Celebrate Recovery that you have multiple books 
that mm-hmm. you read from your answers to, and you say, I've seen you stop and say, huh, I don't struggle with that anymore. Or, yeah. hey, wait, I'm still working on that. Oh, we, I'm, I will always, always, always be a work in progress. I will never, I will always need Jesus, so I'll never reach that point of perfection that I, you know, I think so many of us want to be perfect. Want to not get anything wrong. Did you know that you had problems with control before you did celebrate recovery? No, I did not. <laughs> Stop it. That's one of those layers of that stupid onion that I, you know, it's like you, you deal with the thing that's easy on the, you know, on the outside, like the, the onion peel. <laughs> like, said, oh. how dare you? <laughs> I am not a control freak. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, it's like every time I deal with one thing, God's like, okay, I think we got that pretty much under control. Let's move on to the next thing. Like, pride and perfect. Well, pride was a big one. Perfectionism, control, all of those things go together. Well, I laughed at you. I thought, well, oh, bless your heart. Bless Do you struggle heart. with those? And then when I did my work, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's so not right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I don't like this book. My book's defective. But that's the thing. It's like the more I never want to stop working my steps. You can't. Because I'm afraid I'll fall back into those old patterns. Yep. It's so easy to go back to what you were before. It's so easy. because But you get the same result and you're back where you started from again. uh, Insanity? No, thank you. No. No. Don't don't want that. And when you have tried so hard. You know, and you ask God every day, remove this. Yeah, search remove me, remove this. it, give me something. You know. Yeah. <sighs> you yeah, don't want to so go no matter, backwards. No matter whether whether you're struggling with drug addiction or control or food. pride or food or food or food. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Stupid. Not that we have an issue with that. No! <laughs> Stupid jar of chocolate right in front of us. <laughs> hate it, hate, hate it, it, hate it. And you know, when somebody has a birthday party, I mean, hello, you need to eat you the cake. You have to eat the cake. You have you to. You have to eat the cake. You have to. But I have found since going through Celebrate <laughs> Recovery, I used to go one step forward and 120 steps backwards. Now I might go one step yeah. forward and a half a step back. Well, that's the thing. You know? It's like once, once you ask for God to remove the obsession yeah. or remove the behavior yep. or, you know, put that in your spirit yep. to, you know, catch you if you're headed in that direction again. Yeah. He does that. He does. He does that. And so. He does the old tap, tap, tap. Uh, hello. Yeah. Remember that thing I freed you of? <laughs> remember that thing? Uh, why danger, we, danger. <laughs> Holy Spirit is like, are we, are we really going this way? Again? I wear the Holy Spirit out. Do you hear me? Oh, me too. My Holy Spirit wears Hoka Ona Onis <laughs> and uh, some spandex and a headband because that sweat gets rolling oh on my, my Holy gosh. Spirit. It's so hard, but it's it's. But you're right. Yep. You're right because you know, especially with codependency. Well, if let's I... talk about that again, though, because before going through Celebrate Recovery, I hung out with people that would co-sign my crap. Right. You should absolutely do that, Jackie. It is all about you, and I want you to feel good, and mm. I want I hung out with those people, and so judgmental of other people. You go through that stuff. You go through that process of Celebrate Recovery where you just 
throw it out there mm-hmm. and you do the best you can to come clean and confess and do all that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that anymore. No, no. So now my, my friend group has changed from that to... I hang out with women who want other women to be the best that they can be. And I hang out with women that don't put down other women. And I hang out with women that empower me and call me out on my crap and uh, just come along beside me and make life better, not only for me, but for everybody that they meet. And when you have a struggle, you can safely say, "Yep, hey, well, and we'll yeah. also come after you and be like, hello. Yeah, hadn't okay? heard from you in a while. Yeah, what's up? Yep. What's up? I can tell you, you're not yourself. Yep. Are you okay? Yep. And it's not, I'm checking to see if you're okay because I care about you. Yep. Not because I'm going to put it on Facebook or the right. three of us or the five of us have talked about you. Mm-hmm. And now we realize you're not active in the group chat or whatever. It's really seriously. It's authentic. Jack, I've been praying for you. Something's How can right. I help you? Yep. You know, that is such a cool thing to look back on my life. And when you are in that valley, you look for people in that valley mm-hmm. so that you're not in there by yourself. And you can say, well, they're doing it too. Or, yep. you know, they knew about it all along. Well, or, it's a justification of your behavior. But when you get to the mountaintop, you're like, yes. Yeah. And you look around and people have their hands raised to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want that. That's my herd. Yeah. That's where I want to go. You know, and then when we see people, I love, love, love hanging out with my friend group now, because now when we see someone that's struggling or we see somebody that might be a little bit different or we see somebody that might show signs, it's not a, oh, bless your heart. It's a what's behind that. That's it. Ah. You don't know what you don't know about what somebody's going through. Yep. There's always a hurt. Yeah. It stems from something. Yep. Something that was done yep. to you, something that you did, something that you haven't and so let go. often somebody who is not acting like um, we think they might should yeah. act. You know, somebody who's acting out. Yep. Usually it's coming from a place of hurt. Yeah. Usually it's it's like, okay, they're they're being jerks yeah. or whatever. Prickly. It's like, yeah, they're a little prickly. And if we know them well, we yeah. go after them, definitely. Yeah. But if we don't know them well, a lot of times it'll but be... But you go after everybody. I do. You go after everybody. I'm just your cheerleader going, go get them, Ange. And then the, what? give give you four months and and they're not the same person anymore because Jesus uses you to sit down with women. It's like he's sitting right beside you saying, now say this, and you come up with just the right thing. <laughs> You know? And oftentimes I'm like, I don't know where that came from. Uh, Right. Right. But. But I know every day you're saying, give me another one. Yeah. Give me another one, Lord. You never get tired of it. You never, it never wears you out. Because what I love about you is people tell you that stuff and then you pray about it and say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Now that's all yours. Give me another one. You don't carry anybody's crap into the next session. I don't. I don't. That's a gift. And that's, I think that's where before I would. I would have a satchel with all my crap, your crap, everybody else's crap. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be tired. I would be so tired. Yep. Yep. But then I met Jesus and I realized, oh, wait a second. He's the one who's supposed to be carrying all this, not me. That's exactly right. It is a cool thing what you do in life, girl. 
It is a cool thing. And I am very in awe of you. That's the truth. How Jesus uses you to get right to the heart of a woman, whether she's an addiction, whether she has been through sexual abuse, whether she's been through death in her family, whether she's been through a a myriad of things. You and Jesus have a beautiful way of tag teaming. My heart breaks for so many women um, because so many have Mm -hmm. lived through sexual abuse. Yeah. So many have lived through, you know, you and I were blessed to have amazing dads. Yeah. Who loved us well. Yeah. But that's not the case for a lot of women. We're in the minority, I feel. And yeah. so to not have that strong male yep. figure, it makes it hard yeah. to have a relationship with a father in heaven when your father on earth hasn't been the best. Like the movie Shack. Yes. We both like that oh, movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, because <laughs> how God presented himself to that guy was perfect. Because it was what he needed. That's exactly the way he needed to be yeah, yes. introduced to the father. Yeah, that unconditional love yeah. looked like this that, woman. <laughs> yeah, this sassy black lady. I yes, loved her. She was amazing. Yeah, But that's what some people, you know, a lot of people will have a hard time for their entire life connecting with a, a father. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So. It wasn't until I tried, and I still try every day to be healthy, like outside and inside and I don't know if it's turning 50 that that has made me think, you know, you put a lipstick on a pig, it is still a pig. <laughs> it is still a pig. Oh, it is. But if you, you know, do the best, that you just got to give it to God. Yeah. It's not on anything that we do. It's all about Him. Absolutely. I can't do a dang thing on my I own. I can't do nothing. Nothing. I can screw it up in a hot minute. Oh, yeah. But anything good is it's only him. because of Him. And what yeah. he's doing in my life. Yeah. When you get to that point where you you know that you're walking in recovery, and quite frankly, 100% of us are walking through recovery of something, it's just whether you want to get well or not. Uh, yeah. And so if you want to go through life being unhealthy and mean and nasty and ungrateful and ungraceful, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Why would you? I don't know. Right. But But to get free of some of that junk... Then it allows you to be forgiving and graceful and, you know. Yeah. I think there, I think that's a main thing is the, because I've gone through and I've seen what people have gone through. Yeah. Um, when I see somebody's hurt and their behavior. Yep. I, 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 I go to the why. And so you and Ed have gone from the valley to the mountaintop. Oh, it's. It's good now. <laughs> what would your life have been like if you had just thrown your hands up all those years ago and said, I'm not doing this. I give up. Well, I kind of did. I kind of did. And praise God for his timing. Um, and Ed being prepared to get well. Yep. Because, um, I, you know, we had a conversation and I gave him a choice. And he chose, he chose recovery. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, Yeah. And then I had to choose recovery because... And your kids see a walk and talk an example of... And we talk very openly about yeah. where we were and you know, what God has brought us through. And so what happened to. was Jesus broke those generational curses with you yeah. guys. 
Yep. I hope so. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, ultim- ultimately, you know, back to codependency, yeah. my kids are responsible for their actions. They're adults now. And <sighs> so I have to let them be adults, and I have to let them make those choices. Yep. And they know that their mom and dad are, you know, cheering them on to make good decisions and will be there if they fall. Yeah. But I can't fix anything that happens to them. Because um, you're mom and not God. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, that takes a weight off of you, man. Yeah. If you yeah. feel like all of the plates depend on you, yeah, they are going to crash. Oh, they do. Because <laughs> I, I did that for too many years of thinking that, you know, I was the one that had to save our family. I love it when Jeff preaches and he says, and you've got all those plates spinning and you just know that they're all going to crash, but maybe that's the best thing that could happen. Yep. Because now Jesus can come in and do what Jesus can do. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. I'm proud of you, friend. I'm proud of you. Well. You did the work. I didn't want to. You didn't. You didn't. But on the other side of it, there was a a great relief. And so what I'm telling you guys is if you have a desire to uh, go through Celebrate Recovery, it is not just for people in addiction. It's for anybody with hurts, hangups, or habits. And we we got to get that stigma off of Celebrate Recovery. It is not just... And, you know, quite frankly, all of us are addicted to something, too. Uh, Yeah. Whatever you turn to yeah. instead of turning to God, whatever yeah. your initial yeah. uh, reaction is, yeah. when something squeezes you, if yeah. you're not turning to God first and you're turning to food or drugs or sex or yeah. whatever it is, that's that's your addiction. That's right. So if you if you guys out there feel like that that's something, a journey you might want to take, um, I can get you real close to old Angela Fitzgerald. Uh, she is always, always open and available and wants to uh, take you through that process because it's your calling. I, I love it. I love it. And if I can't, I mean, I, you can only take so many people through at a time. Yeah. And I've got several people who have already expressed interest in going through their steps yeah but there's always um celebrate recovery online that they can that's um, not the same it's not the same it's not it's not it's not <laughs> they're open share groups just like aa um, but it's a christ-centered recovery program and so it's it's just a it's been around for for years but if you're looking for a program that just skims the surface this is not for you oh no if you're going to do step work, it takes six to eight months to go yep. through. Which sounds like a long time, but before you finish it, you're like, what? How much longer are you wanting to stay miserable? Yep. Six and eight months is nothing compared it's to the rest nothing. of your life of yep. living Carrying with a around. smile on your face. Yeah. I love the video that um, Celebrate Recovery put out of a little girl. Oh, I hate that video. It's Because that it's, was me. Oh, it was me too. I mean, you, you're picking up rocks and picking up bricks and you're putting them in your backpack. And finally, somebody shows up to <sighs> help you take that backpack full of all that stuff off. And this little girl just runs free and jumps in the water. And jumps plays in the water, with, yeah. <laughs> jumps in the water and plays with her friends. Um, but things happen throughout our lives that make us you know, pack on that load of baggage that we carry with us through yep. our life. And... And we expect so many people in life to take that from us. And it's nobody else's responsibility. And Jesus is screaming. Just give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Why won't we just give it to him? Because we get comfortable with the rocks and the bricks. It's dumb. Yeah. And then we unload and we're wanting to pick up more rocks and bricks. (laughs) 
<laughs> or give him the backpack and say, you can hold it for just a minute. Just a minute. I need to do a couple things and I'll be right back. Then I want it back. I want that big, nasty backpack that hurts my back and I can't see. Because it's what we know. I can't lift my head because the weight is too much. But could you please give it back to me? That is so stupid. But it's what we know. It's, it's what we're comfortable with. We're comfortable in our misery so much. Yep. But It's cool, though. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. Hey, guys, can I pray with you before we leave this episode? Mm-hmm. It's just, it just feels like maybe that's what we need to do. So, yeah. so God, I thank you for open and honest conversation with my girl, Ange. And uh, if there is anybody listening to this podcast that is tired of it, mm-hmm. that uh, that backpack is just too much and they can't carry it anymore. And the best part is they don't want to carry it anymore. And it's time for a new start and a new um new outlook on life. God, let them, let them contact us. Let them, let them get in touch with the church. Let them reach out to Angela Fitzgerald. Let them reach out to me. Uh, God, just let them, uh, get a new start on life. Life is so hard. It is so hard, but it doesn't have to be because there is a loving, forgiving father that waits at the door just knocking at the door saying, please let me in. I can, I can fix that. I can take that. I can, I can lighten that load. Follow me, follow me. Um, God, please let the woman that's listening to this podcast realize that it's time, that today's the day, that she's not going to look anywhere else, but to you for recovery and health and, uh, focus and, uh, a new life and the life that you want for her. God, please uh, pierce her heart. Let this message go to each and every woman that's listening in exactly the way that you need it to for her to say, okay, I give up. I give up and I'm ready to dig deep and I'm ready to give it all to you. And boy, the rainbow on the other side is incredible. And the life that she will lead the rest of her days is grace-filled and joyful and um, just one of acceptance for her sisters and a life of uh, service to you because you indeed are the one that does all the work <laughs> mm-hmm. in us and, and you allow us to uh, love others well uh, after this process is over. Lord, I thank you for the how you made Angela unique and special and different and that she her heart truly does break for what breaks yours. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to guard her heart, give her strength, uh, never let that courage that she has to step into some messes uh, leave her. Um, she is strong and mighty because you love her well and you are her father and you made her exactly the way she was supposed to be. I thank you, Lord, for this hour that I've spent with Angela. And I pray, God, that women all over will be contacting us saying, I want that. I want Jesus. I want what only he can do. Help me. And Lord, I'll be right there beside her, helping her any way I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's other women that have gone through Celebrate Recovery with Angela that will say, pick me. I can do it too. It is in the sweet name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for how you love the heart of a woman. I thank you, Lord, that you honor women. I thank you, Lord, that you made us uh, so special and so unique and so different. And Lord, I just thank you uh, for what you've already done, but I can't wait to see what you Mm do. It is in the sweet, sweet name of Jesus that I pray and count all of this done. Amen. I love you, Ange. Amen. I love you too. Bye, y'all.